This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. So, Paul, no doubt about it, this was one of our big stories. It hit yep. early this morning, uh, and we've been covering it all day. So we do want to get to the latest on this story. We're talking about the U.S. Justice Department filing an antitrust lawsuit against Alphabet's Google, accusing it of abusing its monopoly in search in in, in the most significant antitrust case, action against an American company in more than two decades. So let's get to the legal and business sides of this story. We've got two great voices. Jennifer Ree, Senior Litigation Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, on the phone from Cleveland, and a voice very familiar to our Business Week audience, Michael Moe, co-founder of G. GSV Asset Management, author of the Global Silicon Valley Handbook. Jen, let's start with you. So what's the legal case of this story? Well, the DOJ finally filed this lawsuit that I think was no big surprise. We all knew this was coming. Um, and, And honestly, it was a little bit more targeted and narrow than I expected it to be. What essentially it accuses Google of doing is what we call an antitrust exclusive dealing. Now, it runs through a whole series of different kinds of agreements and payments that Google makes to device manufacturers and wireless carriers and browser developers like Mozilla to uh, secure the default status for Google's general search engine and sometimes prohibit these third parties from dealing with some of Google's competitors. And in antitrust, we'd call it exclusive dealing, which is sometimes illegal and sometimes not. But when a company that has monopoly status, and in this case, it's probably fairly easy to show that Google does have a monopoly, at least in general online search. And they foreclose, they close up more than about 40% of the available outlets out there to its rivals through exclusive agreements. It can be anti-competitive. So I think the trick here is going to be to show that foreclosure for the DOJ, because even though Google enters these agreements, it doesn't really prevent users from changing the default search engine. Hey, Michael, let's look at it from the business side here. Jen laid out some of the legal issues. From the business side, I'm looking at the stock. goes up 1.4% today. Not exactly the market kind of running for the hills here. What do you make of this? Well, it's it's a little bit, uh, from a business standpoint um, and from a traditional antitrust standpoint, it's sort of hard to figure out. You kind of scratch your head because you're saying, who's the victim here? I mean, consumers uh, love Google. They vote with their feet. You know, that's, the antitrust is about uh, you know, protecting the consumer and promoting innovation. And you know, Internet economics are about disproportionately gaining the leader in a category. That's true almost everywhere. And what that means for the consumer is they get better algorithms. The scale that they get, the AI that they have provides better search results. So, you know, the, the search product is, you know, it's hard to argue that, you know, the, the, the economics of the marketplace don't benefit the consumer. I think what this ultimately really gets about is the data because it's, you know, the data is where the, all the value is and the business model Google has has a really advantaged way to get very valuable data. So, well, it's interesting, Jen. So Michael brings up a good point. I mean, who is the victim here? It's a very good point because Google will likely claim here that, look, the reason we have our position and everybody uses us as their search engine is because we're just better than everybody else. And users could switch over to Bing or to to one of the others as their default, and they don't because they like us better. Um, What the DOJ has claimed is that Google has secured this position and, and it hasn't really allowed any of these other search engines to get to a scale where they could be as good as Google because you need scale, you need access, and you need that size, and you need the users in order to, to be as good as Google is. And they claim 
the DOJ claims that what Google has done is reduced quality, innovation, and choice. And interestingly, they haven't talked about price because obviously search for consumers is free. Uh, we're not paying for it. And the typical antitrust harm, which is increased price, is not really in here. Um, it, it's sort of in a side bar, but, it, but really they're talking about quality, innovation, and choice. And that is another aspect that's going to make this case a bit challenging because those are not uh, generally, uh, typically antitrust harms without also some sort of an increase in price or other harm to consumers. And, and the point that Michael's made, that consumers don't really appear at least superficially to be harmed and have a great product, is a very good one in terms of Google's defense in this suit. So, Michael, this isn't Microsoft, correct? Microsoft you know, used its advantage position on the desktop to basically keep innovation um, away and, you know, and, and gouge customers, I mean, to be blunt. You know, this is a whole different dynamic. As I said, you know, for the customer, consumer, you know, you basically you're getting an exceptional product for free, and scale brings advantages to the consumer, and uh, Google's innovating all the time. I think when you're, and in a world where you're saying you need more choices, I don't think people want more choices. I think what we have is a problem of what I call infobesity. There's too much information. <laughs> and so being able to have that, you know, great product at no cost, you know, who, who's losing here? I do think we, it, it, the interesting part here, I think it does ultimately about the data and the advantages that Google gets from that data. But that's not what the, that's not what the, you know, that's not what the uh, antitrust suit said. Do All right. Oh, sorry, Carol. No, well, I, you know, the one thing I do wonder, Michael, is is Silicon Valley like just sitting up and taking notice and saying, okay, maybe if it's not this one that, that becomes a problem, there is something else because there's more and more, you know, tech, you know, execs being hauled before Congress and there's more discussions. I mean, I'm just curious what's, if anything, reverberating through Silicon Valley. Well, I think there's a reality. I think Silicon Valley needs to be uh, hypersensitive to the, to the fact that, a lot of the you know, America, a lot of the world's hurting, and yet digital, you know, Silicon Valley's thriving. You know, Nasdaq's up thirty percent, which is basically tech, and you know, the Dow Jones is down for the year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the bottom line is, I do think there's not a lot of sympathy towards technology, and so I think that you know the the, the strength of these businesses and the position they have in society, they've got to be extremely careful not to do things that are anti-competitive or that take innovation or you know hurt the consumer. And so I think that's the, that's the delicate dance that we're dealing with because I do think there is a, a, a negative sentiment about Silicon Valley just because of its success. Hey, Jen, you are uh, my favorite antitrust lawyer, and I must <laughs> say you're the only antitrust lawyer I know. But still, <laughs> how do you think this is going to play out? You sit there. You've seen these things for a long time. How do you expect this high-profile case will play out? Well, the first thing is it's going to take a long time. I mean, you know, we're seeing all this news today, and, and there might be some for quite a while, but then it's just going to get quiet because this case is going to drag on. Um, you know, we saw the FTC's lawsuit against Qualcomm for monopolization uh, that had some similarities to this one before we had a district court the decision, um, and uh, it was about three years, and I think that's fast. And, you know, and at that point, either company – can appeal and drag it on even further. So that's one thing. This is going to be a marathon, and we aren't going to have any discernible impact um, or outcome for quite some time. And the second thing is, as an exclusive dealing case, I I think the DOJ has some hurdles here. There there is some evidence, I 
it looks like from the complaint and what they say that's on their side. But these are, these can be difficult cases to win historically. Um, exclusive dealing arrangements have been challenged for many years under the antitrust laws. And, you know, a plaintiff can win, but it is also difficult. It's an uphill climb. Um, and one thing that makes this quite different from Microsoft, which might make it a little more difficult, is that Microsoft actually technically prevented users of the Microsoft operating system from being able to use Netscape or Java. Um, you, you couldn't change it as the default as the consumer if you wanted to. And Google hasn't gone that far. You know, Google might set itself in these agreements where it's the default search engine, but any consumer can go in and change that. And so it's not really technically force, uh, foreclosing its rivals. Um, it, it's more of a de facto exclusive dealing, exclusive dealing than explicit. And that makes it just a little bit tougher, too. But, but I think that the main thing is it's going to be some time before we really understand what direction this is going to go in. So I got to ask you guys, what about the timing? Is it kind of interesting that here we are just 13 days out from an election? Michael Mo, what do you make of that? And I do wonder, you know, does a new administration change anything uh, when it comes to a case like this? Well, I don't think it's a coincidence, that's for sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, you know, California, last time I checked, is in the battleground state. Um, I think I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, California is going to go for Biden. So yeah, I think that's you know I think that's reality. Um, I think that's unfortunate. Again, I think this you know I, I'm, I'm not an antitrust lawyer, but I think just looking at sort of what uh, common sense, looking at sort of the allegations, to me it just is nonsensical. It makes it makes complete sense, I guess, from a political standpoint, what, why it was filed now, but it's it's it's, it's it seems uh, a little bit. Um, crazy to me. Jim, what do you make of the timing of this? <laughs> I think the timing is interesting as well. Um, you know, look, the DOJ's been investigating Google for more than a year now, and True. oftentimes that is the timing. I mean, these investigations go on for a year, sometimes two years, and then a lawsuit is brought. Um, but we did see some news reports that uh, leaks coming from some DOJ staffers saying that they didn't think they were quite ready and that they would have liked to have more have had more time to flesh out their case a little bit more and they thought they'd have a stronger case if they had more time so it, it does look it looks a little odd so you know Jen what are next steps here um, you know I think they they've been served here then now what Right. So the next step would be, you know, they'll get together, they'll get assigned to a judge, they'll get together to set up a schedule. And the schedule really is just a discovery schedule, meaning collecting of documents from each other, uh, deposing witnesses um, that'll be used for trial. Uh, and that is a long process. It can take about a year. But before you jump into that, the heavy duty part of discovery, the defendant, Google, has the opportunity to file what's called a motion to dismiss. And a motion to dismiss is basically saying just based on the allegations in this complaint and not digging into the evidence, they haven't really they haven't plausibly stated an antitrust claim here. I think Google will do that, and and we could see that within the next couple months. I, I don't see that being successful. Right. You know, this is what's called a rule of reason case, which means a judge really has to weigh the evidence and d- dive into the evidence before they can make a determination. So so I think this will continue on past that. But it's likely Google will file something like that. And I think the other thing we may see is other states signing on to this case or another uh, suit being filed by a different set of states that might contain additional allegations beyond it. 
All right, we're going to leave it on that note. Um, folks, thank you so much. Jennifer Ree, she's Senior Litigation Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence on the phone from Cleveland. Michael Moe, uh, thank you as well. Co-founder, GSV Asset Management, also author of the Global Silicon Valley Handbook, but really understands what's going on in Silicon Valley. And as he said, you know, some of the issues about who owns our data, um, yeah. you know, and the free speech issues, issues and censorship are some of the things that, you know, he thinks maybe big tech really needs to be looked at. Yeah, I think so, because that's something that Congress is looking at. Uh, and whenever you have Congress taking a look at your industry, your company, uh, that's a big issue vis-a-vis just a typical regulator.